out there hello quacks and ducklings and goslings ducklings and all those welcome fun things so we're uh we're kind of move things around in my house <clears throat> yeah you can't hear the difference but there is a difference there is a difference <laughs> yeah so it's a little awkward you might hear a couple of pauses because we're trying to look for a couple of things but yeah we're not in our usual space we had to move things around but hopefully it doesn't affect the way uh, so. things recorded no it sounds good to it's, me it's I think. cozy in here it is kind of nice it's well lit yeah, closer well, to the coffee. My wife likes it. It is closer to the coffee. Yeah, and you're right next to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, so, hey, look at that. Yeah. Just go in there and just grab the mic, go in there and drop a deuce or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, coffee is on, and it welcome is. to another edition of Duck and the Usher. We had, we had a spectacular episode last week that I, I think I've listened to more than I have any of our other episodes. Yeah, we, we actually have some pretty good numbers on that one. It was yeah. a fun episode, too. It was so, so much fun. Uh, if, you, if you didn't listen to it, we had uh, Mr. Chris Rios that came on. He mm -hmm. designed our, our logo. He did another logo for us, a little thing. Uh, he's great. He is, he's yeah. also starting his own podcast, a few podcasts, actually. <clears throat> yeah, he's got, he's got a, um, a lot the, of plates spinning. The Riosverse.com. That's a... The Riosverse is yeah. sort of like his all-encompassing brand for brand, yeah. all of these Kind of like things. how we're uh, Jazz Live Events, JS Live yeah. Events. That's my <clears> company. <throat> um, it's Rios, so if you don't know how to spell it, R-I-O-S-Verse, V-E-R-S-E.com. Yep. And uh, I think he just did like an introduction for he his did a, paper uh, hats thing. Episode paper zero crowns. for paper crowns, paper crowns. Uh, which was a great listen. I, I, did, I listened to it a couple times. Uh, well, in pieces, uh, either, you know, walking to or from work. Uh, great job, Rios. Yeah. I think uh, you're, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Got to clear it out. Got to clear it out. <laughs> I think that, uh, I mean, you did a hell of a job on the episode with us last week. So thanks again for that. Um, we really dig the the love and support that you show us uh, through your own podcast and through your contributions uh, to our art or to the to, with your art to our show. Um, I think I think your show is going to be fantastic. I can't wait to hear more. Yeah, definitely. And I think he wanted to have us on at some point, so that'll be uh, we'd be happy be to. Fun. Um, uh, we are. Uh, I do want to give a, a, some shout outs to yeah, yeah. Uh, all of our patreons again. Thank you for your uh, our patrons. Rather, thank you for your continued support. Uh, Voy Pronto. Uh, we didn't get to you this week. Sorry, we should have reached out to you earlier. But. I, well, the the reason was he. Uh, that's uh, Voy Pronto is our uh, our critic. Yeah, and uh, he had asked like, uh, "What are we doing?" And I I think I forgot to reach out and say it was this. I did post it on the the private group page for the Patreon saying, "Yeah, we're doing True Romance." Right. But I know he had a couple of things he had to take care of. So um, I will let <laughs> you know that our next movie after this is going to be Love Potion Number Nine. Yes. Uh, we did a a poll on our private Facebook group, which uh, if you ever want to be a part of that dollar a month on patreon yeah. you get to be a part of that um and it was it was pretty close the, this movie we're about to do um got four got, got one more vote than than uh love potion, love potion and yeah. i really want to do love potion i know you did just, i felt real bad that we no, didn't it's get all right. to that it was but your suggestion we, it's february and i think we have five this month because yeah. of the way because of the leap year the way it fell mm -hmm. so it just kind of helps <clears> us <throat> fill in a couple of things um, our movie today, or real quick, did you watch anything? I watched a few things. Yeah, I did. I um, let's see, what did I watch? I I, I went and caught um, Birds of Prey and the 
fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. I heard that they're, they're renaming it. It's now Harlequin's Birds of Prey because a lot of people didn't know what the hell the movie was. Yeah, they. it's in a weird move, and I, I really don't agree with it because I think that the the strength of the this movie with its characters should have been enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the title be damned. But they changed it from that long-winded title to just Harley Quinn, subtitle Birds, Birds of Prey. Of Prey. <clears throat> Which, I'm sorry, I'm clearing it out so much. I should have done that before we started. Which was kind of weird. They did that with um, Edge of Tomorrow. Because originally it was called I never saw that one. That's Live, the, Die, Repeat. Oh, man. Oh, the Live, Die, Repeat. I, I remember the movie coming out. I just didn't see it. I mean, it was great. I'm not the biggest Tom Cruise fan in the world. I mean, so. I'm not a big fan of his <laughs> Scientology. Yeah. But any I, of that bullshit, even, then, even, just, even how he, you know, it's lives. always an action movie with him. And I'm yeah, like, well, I mean, know, what happened to Eyes Wide Shut? And stuff well, he, like he that, had his you know, art, artsy period, or, yeah, with all of those yeah. uh, Magnolia. <clears throat> but um, Edge of Tomorrow was great. Harley Quinn was fantastic, um, and I'm gonna call it that just because it, it really is her movie. She's the lead. It it really does a lot more that Suicide Squad didn't do. Um, all of the actors in this crush it. Uh, what's her name? Um, she plays Renee Montoya. I can't, I can't remember her name off the top know. of my head. She's uh, the, the Latina. What's her name? Anyway, um, it, it was great. Great fight scenes. A lot of great humor. It's R-rated. There's lots of F-bombs. It's pretty violent. And It's what a Harley Quinn movie should be. Absolutely. The uh, the whole cocaine spinach scene where she kind of like you powers up like, that, yeah. uh, like Popeye. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. <laughs> she's... Yeah, she's just sniffs up this cloud that's raining around her and she gets up and just wastes all these other dudes. It's great. Um, Ewan McGregor was black mask and he crushed it as well. I don't believe I he was in any that, of the yeah. bullshit. Go see the movie. It's great. You're going to love it. Uh, I think that's really the only big one I saw other than, you know, just some TV here. Or there. TV stuff. I watched, Disney uh, Plus. what did I watch? Vegas vacation. I rewatched that with my wife yeah. the other day. Ah, Mr. Papa Giorgio. Yeah. Another Ethan Embry. Film because we did Dutch, so that's always a fun one. Yeah, our movie today is True Romance. True Romance, and now I want to start by saying this is easily one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I would, I think this is the first time I've seen it. I've seen clips of the yeah. movie, but like rewatch, I'm like, did I have I seen it? It just kind of jumbles, and then watching it, certain clips, I'm like, oh, I've seen that. Probably, yeah, watching like the hundred greatest movies of all time documentary or something like that, and there are little scenes oh, yeah. here and there. So, um, it's directed by the late great. Tony Scott, um, who, if you didn't know, um, unfortunately and sadly, uh, committed suicide back in 2012. Oh, geez. He's the brother of Ridley Scott. Well, okay, so they're related. I didn't know that. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, Ridley Scott did Alien. He did everything. A number Gladiator, of other great movies. Uh, Some of uh, Tony Scott. Yeah, Gladiator. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Some of the, uh, Tony Scott's other really, really great movies uh, before he passed were um, like... Domino, uh, Man on Fire. He he, had, he started to develop a really distinct style. You could see that with both Man on Fire and Domino, or he had used a lot of like that kind of blurry like lens flare stuff, like yeah, yeah. not quite like J.J. Abrams, but he, he definitely had that sort of. And he would do this thing where he would throw the text up on the screen, not just subtitles, but it would be like this stylized text that would pop up anytime a uh, a main character said something important, like with Denzel, and um. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his. He did. Uh, he was he produced a lot of good stuff too. Um, he did Out of the Furnace. You see that one with no. uh, the fuck's his name, <laughs> Christian Bale. Um, Man, my coffee got cold real fast. Oh, Deja Vu. Yeah, Deja Vu. Domino. Um, the Taking of Problem One Two Three. Unstoppable. Uh, Unstoppable being his last movie. 
I didn't ever, I didn't actually watch that one, but you could really start to see like his style from you know from the '90s to the 2000s really start to like become more you know distinct. Enemy of the State was one of his. Uh, the Fan with uh, Robert so, De Niro. So he produced a lot of stuff then. Yeah, but these are the ones he directed as oh, well. Oh, directed as well. Yeah, I thought yeah. you were saying produced. Crimson Tide, The Last Boy Scout. Last Boy Scout, that's a great film. Days of Thunder. The kind that burn. Yeah, Top Gun was his. The Hunger. Um, and they're just, they're redoing Top Gun, right? They're doing like the it's sequel. It's a sequel. sequel yeah. yeah, and those are some of his movies. I was, I really love Tony Scott, and, and it's sad that he's gone from us now, and his, his brother is a is a wonderful filmmaker as well. So the Scott legend is, you know, Still flying. Uh, and this movie was also written by a one Mr. Quentin Tarantino, a little-known film Who's writer. That? I never I even know. heard of him. Yeah, yeah. I might have to check him out. He's got a weird name. He'll never yeah. go far. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this movie got a 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it did very well on that. Uh, and I think a 59% Metacritic, Metacritic. Metacritic score. Uh, These are the, all like aggregate scores too. Yeah, like. the the budget for this was one point. Uh, sorry, it was twelve point five million dollars, and it only made twelve point three. So it kind of broke even a yeah. little bit. So that's kind of why it falls under our uh, yeah our thing, and it's it's kind of a culty hit. I think it has its own audience, uh, especially um, from like let's for instance, I I don't remember this movie being released in ninety three because I would have been four was five. five. Yeah, I was, four, I was five. Six, so you're a little older than that. Six yeah. or seven. I, I first discovered this. is not this. a movie for little kids no, to go watch. certainly not. No. We actually watched the, if you watch it on Voodoo for free, it's the unrated. It's the unrated uh, version. The unrated version, and it was the director's cut yeah. for free. I'm and like, you know great. what? I didn't, I, once we finished it, I didn't recall it being any different than the, the version that I saw yeah. originally. Um, and I first saw it because uh, I think I was still in high school. And uh, at the time, my, my then stepmother had a copy. It was like a special edition box set of the movie. Um, released with the, you know, their matching tattoos on the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you open it up and there's all kinds of special content. And I was like, what is this movie? I've never even heard of it. So I put it in and I started watching it and you kind of get faked out in the first like 30 minutes of the movie because you think it's going to be like a sort of by the numbers romantic you know, love story, and then the movie it's really takes not, a left yeah. turn. So it's like we're doing this for Valentine's Day because it is yeah. a very left turn it, on it. It is. It is a very. It, there are some romantic aspects to it. I guess that's a that's a matter of it's true romance. <clears throat> yeah. You know? I, I, in fact, I think I did read that when they were um, mailing out copies of the movie to distributors, it had a tagline that said, uh, "For those of you are tired, if you're tired of relationships, try romance." <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, the uh, imp- really I, I do want to say this Empire. Um, Empire's a big British magazine. You know they do a bunch of stuff. Um, is it just British? I thought it was an American I, publication it, too. When I looked it up, it said a British publication. Okay. But um, they gave this movie in 2017. They did like the greatest hundred movies of all time. This was listed number 87. <clears throat> so it actually made of a, top 100. Yeah, it made a. It made a. Wait, is that the AFI list or just the, no? That was just their okay. their list. 2017. They came out with a little list for that. Uh, the music is by Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, my man, clutch um, with his little little, uh, little xylophones. Yeah, there's some. I don't want to call them bells, but yeah, yeah xylophones, little mallets. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does, have you ever seen xylophone players? Like some of those crazy ones where they got like, got, like multiple mallets. mallets? Yeah. It's insane. Um, do you? Should we just kick <clears> it off? <throat> do you want to do the I opening? Think, uh, yeah, let's uh, um, so get the, started. This kind of bookends. This movie bookends with a little narration from mm-hmm. um, Alabama, played by Patricia Arquette, and yep. we'll talk about her when we come back. And yeah, here's a little clip of that, the beginning of the movie. I had to come all the way from the highways and byways of Tallahassee, Florida, 
to Motor City, Detroit to find my true love. If you gave me a million years to ponder, I would never have guessed that true romance in Detroit would ever go together. And to this day, the events that followed all seem like a distant dream. But the dream was real and was to change our lives forever. I kept asking Clarence why our world seemed to be collapsing and everything seemed so shitty. And he'd say, that's the way it goes. But don't forget, it goes the other way too. That's the way romance is. Usually that's the way it goes. But every once in a while, it goes the other way too. Now, the, the, that is not the very beginning of the movie. No. Uh, because what happens is the beginning, you have like opening credits, and then we have like a a a, a, a pre-credit scene, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, it of opens him in the up bar. like a bar. Yeah, it's Christian Slater. He plays uh, Clarence that <clears throat> she was just Clarence talking about. Clarence Worley, yeah. Um, she's the only one who does any kind of narration, so it, re- it really it's her helps story, set yeah. up. Yeah, in, in a sense, yeah. Uh, and and it has it opens with a sort of Elvis esque song. I, it's by somebody else, but you know it feels very Elvisy, and and that's kind of like a running theme through the whole movie. Cause, Even at uh, the beginning of the episode, I did a little Elvis thing. Exactly. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about who plays yeah. that in a little we'll bit. We'll talk about that too. And uh, it's <coughs> Christian Slater sitting at a bar. He's talking to this woman, and he's talking about Elvis, and he's like talking about how much he admires him, and he says something. To he kid. said like, "I'd fuck Elvis." Yeah, he's like, "I'm not I'm not gay or anything, but if I was." I'd fuck Elvis, and then the lady next to him was like, "Yeah, I'd, I'd fuck, fuck Elvis, Elvis too." too. <laughs> and she, he, she was in, uh, she was also in a, in a small role in The Crow, uh, where she, I think she was the. I've still, ne- I've still never seen that movie. Yeah. Oh, through. Man, I know. There's a I character. Know. I think he's called Funny Guy or Nice Guy or Smiley. Uh, she's like his bo- uh, girlfriend, and he was one of the ones that killed uh, Eric Draven's uh, fiance. And she's also the mother of the little girl who befriends him in the movie as well. For those of you who know what Crow is all about, you'd recognize her if, if that's one of your uh, favorite movies. And and they're sitting there, and he's smashing an MGD. Nothing like a cold MGD, I got to tell you. <laughs> yeah, and he kind of invites her to go see a movie. He's like, hey, would you like yeah. to see a movie with me? And he's like, what kind of movie would you take me to? And he's like, oh, there's a... There's a triple feature of Street Fighter, Return of the Street Fighter, and Sister Street and Fighter, Sister Street Fighter, like, which are know. those uh, Sunny Chiba Kung Fu movies. And uh, she kind of turns him down, and she walks yeah. away, and then it kind of goes back to him, and then <clears> it goes back into another opening credit scene where uh-huh. we get that narration. Yeah, and it's set in Detroit. This yes, part, right. so it's all snowy. You see, you know, hobos huddled around a fire, and yeah, and then she's talking, and it kind of goes into that. And then we um we we cut to uh pretty much uh Alabama is Alabama getting out of a cab. A cab to the same movie theater mm-hmm. that Clarence was going to go see and mm-hmm. the theater is like empty. Clarence so is, empty. Yeah, he's just sitting It's there. a triple feature. Who wants to sit in a theater? Yeah, I, mean, that long. I mean not, not going to lie, that I probably would. Oh, yeah. Dude, people <laughs> people fucking go and see like, you know, when the Avengers comes out, they I go know. and watch like all the movies all day. <sighs> oh, dude, I don't think I could do that. I probably could if I was the right level of stoned. Did even then? Well, oh I mean, as long as I mean, it, I've seen them all. Like, I even thought about doing that right before. Uh, I think it was before Age of Ultron came I'd out. I'd be sneaking in my own snacks. You know how much money you'd be paying for that? Oh, dude, just have a duh. popcorn coma. You don't. You don't really duck the usher much anymore. You just duck the concession stand. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, there, you see, Christmas Slater Clarence watching the film. Um, uh, Alabama kind of spills her popcorn <clears> on him intentionally. Intentionally, wink, wink, hint, hint. And uh, they kind of sit together and watch the movie. 
at one point there's like popcorn in his lap and yeah. she's like brushing it off like she's just slapping she's his real. dick just, yeah. <laughs> you know she lights up a smoke and I was like wow yeah. you could smoke in theaters back in the day I was trying to remember I don't think I was ever old enough to ever experience smoking in theaters and I was just on the cusp of knowing what it was like to smoke in planes because I wasn't at smoking age I remember yet. I remember I I think the only time I remember, because I never really traveled much as a kid, but when right. I went to when I went to Greece as a kid, were there ashtrays? In there them? weren't. They had like a smoking session section in the back of the plane because oh. it's such a long flight. Like it was like in the very back, you could kind of smoke in like this, yeah. not a room, but just kind of like by the back galley. Yeah, I okay. My, so my mom smoked, and she would you know go back there, yeah, and have a couple of puffs, and I'm like, okay. I don't remember the plane ever being like outrageous or no. I think smoky. right my first big flight, plane, though. my first flight was in like 1999. And I think that was when I went up to uh, Illinois to visit my grandparents. And uh, f- by then, they had already welded. Had been banned. They already welded. Oh, but the, but you could still, still see them. Yeah, that, you yeah. just couldn't use them. Anyway, carry on. Every time I see those things, it reminds me of like my <clears throat> grandparents' Buick, where it had like yeah. the ashtray in the thing. And the little, and the, you yeah. fucking <laughs> play with it all the <laughs> time until the, yeah, until yeah, it breaks <laughs> until off, the yeah. metal breaks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, she invites him for pie yeah. after the movie, and and I said, I'm like, I'm like pie sex. You know, type of things. So yeah. Like, Do you like pie? Like, yeah, I, I like love pie. pie. You want to uh, eat some pie? Yeah, sure. Pie, pie, pie. This is when I, around this point, when I was a kid watching this movie, I was like, all right, this movie better, better go somewhere. Yeah, because it's a little slow. Because it's all, it's all just like this build up. They, and then um, they go to a diner. They're eating pie. Mm-hmm. They do like a he tries to do like a 20 questions to her type yeah. of thing. You know, like, <clears throat> like a first date. Where are you from? Uh, was your favorite movie star? What's she your favorite color? doesn't really answer that. Many no, of she's them. real vague. There's even a piece of trivia because she was worried about her character appearing uh, racist uh-huh. because, you know, Tarantino likes to in, inject a lot of like racial stuff. I don't know about racist, but it's racial. Racial. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Push and, the envelope. Yeah, and trying to get it as true to life as possible, but but uh, you know, whatever your take is on that is your take. Uh, so I guess in every take, not to overuse that word, every take that they did for uh, this particular scene, she would switch the ethnicity or the nationality or the uh, skin color or whatever, uh, just so that she could like switch it up and maybe try to offend everybody. Oh no! <laughs> but the the final one they went with was when she said Persians. Yeah, she's like Persians. Yeah, what does you like Persians? Okay. Uh, after get pie, in my sports car. <laughs> After pie, they, uh, they also sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Diners is a is Big a thing Tarantino. Tarantino. He always has was diners. It, it wasn't the same diner though. No, um, I don't uh, think so. It'd be interesting. He, if it he was. writes in diners a lot in his movies. There's always a scene. Like think about oh, yeah, any they're, Tarantino they're, they're, movie. Well, they're in Detroit. It would have been the same diner from like uh, Pulp Fiction or anything. Because that's L.A. Right? No, I don't think the location is the same. But yeah. he he cons- he always writes. In scenes and burgers, where they're eating burgers or, or there's or a lot of burger at a diet. There's a lot of burger eating in this one. So uh, then they go. They to, go um, <clears throat> to Clarence. Clarence works in a comic shop. Mm-hmm. You know, and he has the keys. Worked there for like four years. What do you call it? Heroes for Sale. Heroes for Sale. Which yeah. kind of made me think of the team up between Luke Cage and uh, Iron Fist. They're known as the Heroes for Hire. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. their their comic book title in Marvel. That's kind of cool. Maybe it's a play on that. Could be. There's a comic book story. Yeah. yeah. You know, Especially because it was the 1970s when that was a big comic book, and Tarantino loves the 70s, and he, he really seems to enjoy like black exploitation movies. Yeah, th- this movie is pretty much set in modern day 1993. Yeah, which is another 93 movie for us. I yeah. think that's our that's our first multiple multiple one. Yeah, because three. Our last movie was 1993, also, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah also starring Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they do that. They kind of you know they're hitting on each other. He <laughs> show he shows her like, hey, you want to see a Spider-Man number one comic? Yeah. Uh, then he's showing her a different comic. It's not Spider-Man number one. Yeah, he was talking about... He was, like, given the story, and she's just, like, 
she's burning just, into yeah, him, just like looking staring at him. into his soul. And then, bam! It cuts to yeah. some titties and some Slater booty. <laughs> it's a it's a dark silhouette love scene. And well, he has a neon light above his bed. Does he? Yeah, it's I like didn't a, catch I, it. at the end when he wakes up. I notice like this giant blue neon okay. light above his bed. So nineties. Uh, we realized that when he yeah, I like I do like the song that that's playing when that starts. It's Two Wounded Birds" by uh, uh, Charles and Eddie. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's some, some like nineties neo soul shit. It's really good. Great, great soundtrack. Oh, in fact, I don't know if anybody cares to follow this, but I will be starting up a uh, trying to curate a a Duck and the Usher Spotify list, Spotify playlist of yeah, all I'll, songs that pertain. If to you're each listening of our to this cast, you're probably listening to it on Spotify. I, I think probably that's, that's most, it's is that mostly, most of our audience. That and I think Apple is most okay. of our audience. Most of it is Spotify. Well, um, I'm going to try to curate a list of songs that either pertain to, that were in the movies that we cover or inspired by. And that will certainly be one of them. Yeah, and I'll get a link for that. I'll throw it on Facebook. Yeah. And you might have to follow my personal account for that. Oh, but really? well, I don't know I, if you I can just search for it. playlists or something. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see it. what happens, yeah. Uh, he wakes up. Clarence wakes up. He realizes that Alabama's not in there. And she's outside, like outside of his window. He's kind of mm-hmm. got like a little chicken walk thing that goes up to a billboard. Yeah. She's all bundled up because it's fucking like winter it's in Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Uh, she's sipping um, some coffee and having a cigarette and he comes out and I have like a little clip. It's a very long scene. I didn't want to do the whole scene, but I do have a little uh, clip here. Here it is. What is it? I'm crying. What'd I do? Did I do something? She didn't do nothing. What is it? I have something I got to tell you. I didn't just happen to be at that theater. I was paid to be there. If you were paid to be there, what are you? Theater checker? You get paid to check up on the uh, box office girls, make sure they're not ripping the place off. I'm not a theater checker. I'm a call girl. You're a whore? No, I'm a call girl, and there's a difference, you know. Okay, here it goes. You know the place you took me to last night? The place you work? Heroes for sale? You got a boss, right? Yeah. Okay, what's his name? Lance. That's him. He called the place where I work. He ordered a girl for you. He said he wanted you to get laid, seeing you didn't get out much and it was your birthday and all. He wanted me to act like I just showed up. Now, how did he know you were going to be at that theater? Uh, I, I go to the movies every year on my birthday. In fact, he called me up this week to find out what my birthday movie was going to be. You're not mad? Oh, man. I can't tell you. That was one of the best times I ever had. It was. You know, I knew something must be rotten in Denmark. There was no way you could like me that much. I mean, I can't tell you how relieved I was when you took off your dress. You, you didn't have a dick. Stop being so fucking calm about all this. Go look in your house. There's a note on your TV, and all it says is Dear Clarence, because I couldn't write anything. <clears throat> Whenever they talk, you get those doom, 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 yeah. doom throughout the whole thing. Um, I really like it. It's a really long scene. So they basically, she says she's a call girl. Mm-hmm. And her his boss hired her. Right. Uh, she works for this guy named Drixel. But she's she's it's only like the third client she's had. Yeah. And she just moved up from what well, she said, Tallahassee. Tallahassee, yeah. She said something akin to, I'm not what they call Florida white trash. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the real deal. She's like, I, I'm, I, I like to be monogamous, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So this is really not me. Uh, Let's talk a little bit for yeah, about uh, Patricia Arquette, because uh, I think uh, she's like one of the best actresses out there. She doesn't get a whole lot of like uh, movie roles lately. She was in TV a lot. She was in that show Medium. And uh, recently she was on, she was actually in Toy Story 4. 
as Harmony's mom. I guess Harmony was the the other girl, young girl who uh, whose grandmother owns the antique store where a majority of the the film takes place. A couple of other great roles she was in. Let's see, she was in Boyhood, that uh, Richard Linklater movie. Um, lot, lots of uh, other um, television series. Fast Food Nation, uh, Tiptoes. Oh, she was in that movie. <laughs> she was in Tiptoes. Okay, if Tiptoes is the same movie that I'm thinking of, there's this movie that uh, Tom Segura on his podcast, Your Mom's House, they talk about this fucking movie called Tiptoes about like little people. Oh, okay. And he's like, who named their movie this? And apparently like the, the movie is so weird that it was filmed to be a serious drama, but they tried to manipulate the footage and make it a comedy. And so it just feels just weird, weird when you're watching it. Anyway, she was in Holes as Kissing Kate Barlow, um, which is great. Of course, she was the love interest in Little Nikki. She was Kissing Kate, yeah, when they do the yeah. flashback scenes and shit. And yeah. uh, Little Nikki, she was like, can I wash my, or he said to her, can I wash my winky? I've seen that movie once. Uh, I mean, it's not a great one, but it's cool. Bringing Out the Dead, Stigmata, uh, another another great movie if you like your biblical thrillers. Uh, and I'm trying to find some of her older stuff. She was in Ed Wood. Uh, uh, right after True Romance and before was it. She, was she the Edwards' girlfriend? I think so. I, it's been a while since I've seen that. <clears throat> and A Prayer of the Roller Boys. Do you remember that one? No. Roller Boys? Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, she was in the Outsiders TV series, um, which I didn't know there was one. And um, I, she did a little voice work on, like, looks like Uncle Buck. And there's some other stuff. Oh, what? she was in, uh, her first movie was A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. Oh, okay. And then, and then she's starring opposite Christian Slater. Which he's been, I mean, when I, every time I hear Christian Slater, the first thing I think of is Robin Hood. Me too. You yeah. Know? As uh, Will. Um, Was a rich man from the Huntingham. We tried to cross, cross the river. river. Yeah, what Will a Scarlet. Dope. He tripped on the road. <laughs> now look, look at him shiver. shiver. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. This uh, The production company for this is the same. For, Morgan Creek. Yeah, for uh, Robin Hood. So yeah. the, the very beginning of the movie, the minute it started playing, you hear that. Ba-da-da, ba-da-da. Yeah, and I was like, are we yeah. watching Robin? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, Morgan Creep, uh, Creek kept using that jingle or throughout the entire score Robin for Hood every time. Yeah. yeah, well, that was the whole score for the movie. Then they kept using it for like their bumper, like before any of their own productions. And it was always kind of a we're, fake. We're gonna, out. Have, we're gonna have to do that movie. Uh, yeah, we are. Just so I can talk about the Brian Adams creepy whisper voice. <laughs> you go see a Brian Adams. Yeah, oh, when you see a Brian Adams concert, he could be like a thousand yards away, but he's right next to you. He's, he's whispering, whispering the whole time. Ear, yeah. I've never understood the whisper no, scene thing. Everything I, it, I do. Never been into it. Christian Slater, his his career kind of went in a weird way. I know he he did some cool movies, but he did a lot of like low budget, like sci fi movies but or did, action. Was he on uh, the robot? He's on Mister Robot Mr. now. Robot yeah, with that's sort Remy of Malik. Like yeah, he was also recently in a um, in a. I don't know if you ever watched any Lars von Trier's movies. This guy is a wild and wacky filmmaker. He's really great. Um, he had this two-part movie called Nymphomaniac with uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg. And um, he plays the father of um, uh, Shia LaBeouf's character in this movie. This movie is like fucking pornography. Well, I mean, just the title in general. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, he uses, Lars von Trier likes to use a lot of pornographic actors and actresses for the body double scenes. So the actual actors Don't have to. aren't like, you know, performing penetration on each yeah, other yeah, and yeah. shit. Um, but he was in that. And uh, I'm trying to think of some other shit that he was in that I, that I really enjoyed from back in the day. 
It's uh, different. But it's just like you hear Christian Slater, and you're like, well, what movies is he in again? I, I really, uh, yeah, it's always this or Robin Hood that I think of immediately. Oh, God, he was in that awful Alone in the Dark by Yu Bull. Um, he was in uh, he was in West Wing. He played himself in Zoolander. And you were right. He is in 3,000 Miles to Graceland. You brought that up. I thought I was right when we were watching. I was like, because he does Elvis and this. And I'm sitting there going like, I swear he was in that also. Ooh, and very bad things, lest we forget. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and Hard Rain. Who can forget? (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Good old Christian Yo, he just turned 50. Damn. I know, right? Uh, Anyway. Where were we? Oh, yeah. We were were right after the clap. Yeah, the clap. The clap. The clap? <laughs> so I went to say clip. Yeah, the clap. We're talking about the clap. So it, it jumps to the next day, and they go to a courthouse and get married. Dun, 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 dun. They yeah. get hitched at a courthouse. Like the How next are you, day. Mr. Worley? Uh, very good, Mrs. Alabama Worley. Yeah, and then they, um, then also, they get matching tattoos. Yeah, they went and get matching tattoos. Uh, and then we cut to a little scene where, now this movie has a lot of famous people in it, and some of them are just so for many. a very short time. Uh, we meet uh, Drexel. Drexel Spivey. Uh, which is uh, played by Gary Oldman. And Gary he does. Oldman. I, I do have a clip of Gary Oldman, but it's not this clip. It's so not this clip? Yeah, okay. well, I'll play it in a little bit. Oldman um, crushes it in this He's uh, doing like a drug deal. Sam. Uh, Sam. Oh, Samuel L. Jackson. Thank you. I yeah. was about to say Sam Adams. You, 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 you barely it even know it's him. Like if he, he comes in for two seconds, he talks about eating ass, and then <laughs> he dies pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So the the, the only real setup, uh, the only real need for this scene, I guess, was to introduce Drexel and to let and you see drugs. how yeah, and the and drugs, drugs which is a major MacGuffin. Yeah. I think through the whole movie. Um, but Sam Jackson's wearing a hat and sunglasses, and he's always obscured by something. And you can tell it's him by the way he talks. He's like, yeah. I eat the pussy, I eat the butt, I eat the whole goddamn thing. And he has this, they start joking with this other guy whose name is, interestingly enough, Floyd D, because there's another Floyd in this movie. Um, and and so uh, one, one dude gets upset because he suggested, he, you know, you smoke enough Sherm, maybe up in here sucking dudes' dicks and shit. Yeah. And he's like, fuck y'all. And Drexel's like, <laughs> and he's got a shotgun, and he yeah. just starts blowing people away. And then he, and he blows away the first guy, and it Sam Jackson takes the drugs. Rolling the movie is done, and then they take yeah. the drugs. Boo, 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 boo. Let's see here. Oh, so there, Ooh, there, there is a... There's a clip, um, which I played at the very beginning. Um, so they're, they're hanging out. Uh, they're talking about Drexel, uh, yeah. Alabama. They're just watching TV. And he gets up to take a piss. Mm-hmm. And we kind of have like this conscience type of thing um, where anytime Clarence is thinking in his head, it's yeah. Elvis. And Val Kilmer is playing Elvis. And right. At the very beginning, I played that little clip. Oh, so lonely. So lonely. So lonely, I could die. And, and that's actually Val Kilmer singing. Yeah, I mean, he's a great singer. Because if, I mean, if you have never seen The Doors, go watch oh, that movie. Man. That's a great, that's a great, great one. Film. Oliver Stone. Yeah, Oliver Stone. Man, that's a hell of a he, movie. I, I ever tell you how he got that role? No. So uh, he Val Kilmer wanted to do The Doors, but yeah. um, they're like, we're not sure, we're not sure. So he went to a studio, recorded himself singing as John Morrison. Yeah, and made like a mix, Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison me. made a mixtape. Of of Jim Morrison and him on different tracks. Oh shit! And he's so like, they which, couldn't tell. He's like, which one's me? And Oliver Stone couldn't figure it out. So nice. That's the rumor that has been told. That oh, okay. yeah, that's how he got the role because he's like, huh. we couldn't figure it out. In this he movie, did, he did actually wanted the role of uh, Clarence in this one. Did he? Um, but you know, then obviously that didn't happen. So he um, is he doing anything in ninety three? Ninety three. I think like the next. After the next two years, he was Batman in 95. Oh, yeah, that's true. And uh, The Saint. Wasn't The Saint before or after Batman? I can't remember. Oh, I don't know. The Saint's a great movie. We didn't do that. Yeah. So, so anyway, yeah. Um, sorry. Um, Val Kilmer actually spent like eight hours 
in a makeup chair being made to look like Elvis Presley. And they don't even show his face. And you don't even see his face. And he was only on uh, this on, on set for like two days was of that, shooting. Was that a shooting thing? Or do you think it was just Val Kilmer? Like, if I'm going <clears> to get in a character, you're going to have to doll me up. Because knowing knows? him, it know. might be something like that. Yeah, hasn't he always been kind of an eccentric? He's a character actor. Like, I, mean, he I know that the, they that he was wild on the set of The Island of Dr. Moreau. Uh, I heard to that get into a lot. that character. Uh, he's sort of in a bad way right now too. Well, he has throat he? cancer. I mean, isn't I, he talking kind of funny? Yeah, now? he's got a really high pitched voice. There was oh, an man. interview that I feel really bad. So I do too. I think they they delayed the new Top Gun because of him trying to get his voice back in order. Oh no shit! Is he supposed to be in this? I one? think he's supposed to be in it. He did a movie. I saw it on Netflix. It's like some up in Scandinavia cop movie, and he plays like a a bad guy or something. And oh, I think every, I know what you're talking. And about. And every time he speaks, that he's dubbed. You can oh, t- you can tell it's not really? yeah, it's not his voice. You can tell that he's dubbed because That's he had that high pitch. Because he was a good singer um, or a good actor too. Yeah, so uh, he's thinking about uh, Clarence's like I'm gonna kill Drexel, and so Elvis is kind of like do it, baby. You know, he's like, like I've always that. liked a kid. Yeah, I always like you. You know, whatever you do. So he ends up convincing Bama to give her his address, her, give him her address, Drexel's address. Yeah, her old address. Her yeah. old address. He puts a gun in his pocket. He's like, "Don't worry, baby. I'm just gonna go yeah. pick up your stuff." Uh, yeah. He shows up to a brothel. I yeah, do uh, right before we get there. Bama mm-hmm. is watching uh, a Chow Yun Fat John Woo Gun Fu movie. Yep, <sighs> and I think it's hard boiled. You ever seen any of those like uh, Hong Kong Gun Fu movies? It's just squibs on, on squibs on squibs. Anyway, really great. Uh, if you know your John Woo stuff, uh, go visit. And I wrote that down. I was like squibs. <laughs> Uh, he gets to Drexel's place. It's a brothel. He kind of goes in. He's like, I'm looking for Drexel. And we meet Drexel again, which <laughs> is like, Gary Oldman. You want? Yeah, and they're talking. He's like, what do you want? He's like, well, I'm here to basically say that I'm Alabama's yeah. husband's, blah, blah. I have a little clip if you want me to play it. Uh, oh, is this where Drexel talks? Yeah, Drexel cool, talks. Cool, because I, I got a lot to yeah. b- about his role here. And th- there's a movie going on that Drexel's watching, and they kind of mention it here. And here's a little clip. <laughs> This shall feel. <laughs> I'm not eating because I'm not hungry. I'm not sitting because I'm not staying. I ain't looking at the movie because I already seen it seven years ago. It's the Mac. Max Julian, Carol Speed, and Richard Pryor. I ain't scared of you. I just don't like you. That envelope right there had some payoff money. Alabama's moving on to some greener pastures. We're not negotiating. I don't like to barter. It's in that envelope right there. It's for my peace of mind. My peace of mind is worth that much. Not one penny more. So, you know, the motherfucking Charlie Browns, and that's yeah. Gary Oldman. He's it's got like dr- he's got dreads. Uh, one of his eyes is all kind of cataract out because it looks like he got like shrapnel on the side. He's yeah. just a bad dude. And, he uh, is. Uh, yeah. well, in this scene, you see, obviously, we get more of Drexel, and this is sort of where he exits the movie. Um, but when Clarence arrives, there, the guy who answers the door. 
the big his big, name's big Marty. House. Big, big dude. dude. Uh, his name's Paul Bates, who appeared in Coming to America, and he was also in Eight Mile, according to this. Um, but he plays a part of Marty, and um, the song you can hear in the background there, and I'm hope you don't get pinged for this. I don't think so. Let's is uh, Nymphomania's song "I Want Your Body"? <laughs> I, want your body. <laughs> I was getting a lot of Mortal Kombat vibes off of it. Yeah, and I wondered if if those if those musicians have anything to do with that soundtrack from '95, which is just two years later. Never know. Um, so it, uh, in this scene, you see Drexel. Uh, and Gary Oldman absolutely crushes this this very very limited amount of screen time he had on us. He's he's fucking awesome. Um, so uh, actually, before before filming began, Oldman hadn't read the script that he was sent. So when he was talking to Tony Scott, Tony Scott just basically told him, "You're playing a white guy who thinks he's black, and you're a killer pimp." And Oldman laughed and immediately accepted the role. <laughs> Oldman also said in an interview with uh, AFI back in 2011 that if he his two favorite roles ever were. Um, Lee Harvey Oswald and JFK, yeah, and uh, this one in True Romance. The, and, there, uh, there was a scene before this that I kind of wrote down, and then we were talking before the cast about it. Um, before Clarence leaves, it, he's kind of looking in the mirror a little bit, and he's wearing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's wearing kind of like a green army jacket, and he's just looking in the mirror. And he puts the gun in his his yeah. uh, his shoe. He's got his and it looks on. just like taxi. Like very very taxi driver. Very Travis Bickle. Yeah, and I think we discovered after watching that. Uh, Tony Scott and Clarence, or Clarence, uh, Christian Slater had a, a difference of opinion about how to play this role. So Scott gave him a copy of Taxi Driver and said, "Go watch this and as your homework." He's like, "That's what I want." And I think that's sort of kind of informed uh, his. And later on, there's an actual Taxi Driver uh, quote. There, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a couple in there. Oldman actually wanted to do a Drexel movie after this. That'd be um, interesting. That would be cool, but I think it's too far gone now. And Oldman He's is very old. much an He's old, old man. man. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't think that would really work unless somebody younger uh, played him. And there's another piece I have here about... Oh, Oldman's wig in this was made by the same wig maker as the one who made his wig in Dracula. Oh, okay. And that I think massive the, the beehive in Dracula. Yeah, <laughs> I think the prosthetic he's wearing in this movie... Oh, is the is same the that he same had in there because his eyes the are all glazed over? Yeah. Yeah, he's wearing like dreadlocks. It's, it's really fun. Um, the, in the in the scene, he slides an envelope, and he's like, "This is how much I'm going to pay to get." There's nothing in the envelope. Yeah, he's like, "This is worth my peace of mind, and not one yeah. penny." And then more. he, pretty, uh, at the very end, you kind of hear a little scuffle. Uh, Gary Oldman's character Drexel jumps across, kind of starts beating the shit yeah. out of Clarence. Um, and they're beating him up. Clarence uh, Drexel gets his ID. He's like, "Now I know where you live. Your name, yeah. blah blah blah." Yeah. While he's doing that, Clarence thought it was grabs white boy his day. Yeah, thought, is it white boy day? No, it's not. <laughs> no, white it's boy not day. white boy day. <laughs> grabs his gun. Uh, Clarence shoots Drexel in the crotch like twice. Oh, he blasts uh, him. Yeah, shoots the uh, the bodyguard, big dude. And then starts just shooting him in the head a couple of times. He shoots him like two more times. I remember even counting the the shots because sometimes in movies, if somebody has like a, a revolver, off, yeah. they like it's either five or extra five or six. That's all you're gonna get out of those. Also, uh, Clarence was talking about the movie they were watching, and uh, uh, I think yeah, he'd be, be really good at, at this show here. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Slater, you ever want to come on? Just hey, you want to? Uh, yeah, Mr. Slater, you want to come on, Duck and the Usher? Yeah. Tell us about the Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Not even one of his movies. Like. So he grabs the first. What does he know? He says to he, he one of the at, girls. He looks at one of the call girls and he's like, grab, grab, grab the Alabama, Alabama stuff, stuff, put it in a bag. And they immediately, they just grab the first bag suitcase they, that they see. They just throw it at him. They throw it at him. He grabs it. He runs away. He, and he doesn't grab his license. His, no. his license is still in Drexel's hands. And he, yeah. he pieces out. And then he grabs some burgers and drinks and goes <laughs> goes back to uh, his his house. Uh -huh. And uh, Alabama's there. She's crying. And he's like, well, I did this for you. Kind of get in her face. Yeah. 
And she was crying because she was happy he did it for her. And well, he's, yeah. like, he's like, this is the best fucking burger I've ever eaten. You know, his adrenaline yeah. is just going nuts. She says, what you did was the most romantic thing. Or what you did was so romantic. And uh, it's it's weird. It was very you, Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, you easily sympathize with these two. But they're both a little off themselves, realistically, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know. That's how the movie moves. Uh, and while they're eating the stuff, they're like, well, here, yeah, I got all your stuff. She opens up the case, and you realize it's, like, full of cocaine. Cocaine. Yeah, full of the nose candy. Lots of Colombian, sugar. Yeah, that Colombian marching powder. Yeah. Uh, there's a <laughs> lot of it. A little nose garbage. And then we instantly cut to um, seeing Dennis Hopper's character. And yes. his name is... This is Clifford, Clifford. Worley, Clarence's father. Um, we meet Dennis Hopper. It's Clarence's dad. They haven't seen each other in like three years. Mm-hmm. He's an ex-cop. He's now a security guard. He lives in a trailer by the down by the river. No, just, you know, I thought it was interesting. I don't know if this was just me like making a, mm-hmm. a connection myself. Obviously, he was in our last movie. Dennis Hopper was. He was. And he, he's always really good in every movie. But I liked how in this, his first instinct was to go to his father um, for that security and his father is a security, security guard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just reaching with that one, but that's, it just felt, you know, felt tell, right. He kind of asks his dad for help, says he's in trouble, yeah. you know, introduces Alabama. We got married, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> he gives uh, Alabama money to go get, get some, some beer. beer. Cause, and he's like, you still drink beer, right? Cause his dad was an alcoholic. He's like, I can, but I, I don't. don't. Yeah. Um, then, uh, he, he he wants his dad to kind of go and talk to some of his old buddies in the police yeah. force to see if his name is any way associated to the double murder he just committed. Yeah, um, and you find out now they're like they think it's yeah. uh, they think it's more responsible blue gang Lou. related. Yeah, blue you know, Lou is, probably just had a falling out with blue Lou Boyle. Blue Lou Boyle. So just just a gang. In earlier drafts of thing. the script, there were uh, De Niro was going to play blue Lou Boyle. You um, only see him in this movie for like. A couple of seconds. You don't actually see Blue Lou at all. No, I thought he was. I Christopher he was at, Walken is no, Vincenzo Bocati. Oh, I thought Blue Lou was at the end of the movie. I thought he might have been one of those guys. No, those are just his just henchmen. Henchmen, okay. yeah, mobsters. I you never maybe, actually see Blue Lou. Um, so he, he asks his dad to inquire of his former police buddies if there's any noise about the murder. And actually, before he uh, even lays it all out there, they're inside the trailer. And then there's a smash cut of them standing outside. And he's going, what makes you think I would do something yeah. like that? And <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you know, and then it, his dad's like, I don't think I can help you. Blah, blah, blah. And yeah. You know, and of course, Clarence is like, you know, when mom divorced you, I never said anything. You yeah. were drinking. Kinda I never guilted said him about his yeah. alcoholism. We find out he's not, you know, anything. Uh, then there's a, there's a call. Oh yeah. He says he's going to go. He's moving. He's going to Hollywood and he's going to stay with his friend, Dick. Right, and Dick is played by Michael Rappaport, uh, and in the movie, the movie kind of jumps around in, in Tarantino fashion, although it doesn't ever break the chronological order, so that's good. But it does kind of skip around from various characters, kind of sets up you know who they are and how they all converge eventually toward the end. Michael Rappaport is his friend Dick Ritchie, who lives out in L.A., and he's in an audition for a role on the new T.J. Hooker, which is a was a was a show with William Shatner. What you got? Uh, Michael Rappaport. Remember, I said I kept yeah. seeing him in a police uniform. What movie? Was Metro. That? Metro. Have you ever seen that movie with Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot he was in the Sixth Day as well. He was Sixth his day. buddy. He was yeah. his pilot buddy. So right? he he was in Deep Blue Sea also. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, we might do that movie for a summer. I movie. love that movie. Um, True Romance, The Heat, Copland, Metro. Metro is a. I actually liked Metro. Metro is really good. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a fun little trick. Copland in is awesome too. Zebra head, little boy, the naked man. What the heck is that? I don't think I've ever he seen... He was in Sully. Is he the co-pilot? Oh, with uh, Tom Hanks? Yeah. You know, I didn't see it. 
I saw it in theaters. Uh, my mother-in-law. It was okay. Um, you mentioned Copland, and yeah. that was the one we were talking about briefly when we were trying to figure out where we had seen Michael Rapaport. He was before. in the Scout also with Brendan oh, Fraser. Yeah. Hell yeah, Brendan Fraser is awesome. Um, I don't think I've ever seen other than maybe like Rocky. He was in another movie with Walken. Kiss oh, Toledo yeah? goodbye. I've never seen that movie. And we're kind of getting off track here, but yeah, I, I, I want to. No, that's all right. I wanted to make a point about. Uh, I forgot to mention it last week. Is that um, Dennis Hopper was also in another movie with John Leguizamo after Mario in Land of the Dead, two thousand five. Never saw that. It was a. It was like one of George Romero's last oh, good okay. zombie okay, movies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I enjoyed that. But anyway, um, Michael Rappaport was in Copland, and beyond him, he he was barely in it. But I don't think I've ever seen like. Um, Sylvester Stallone give such a like a moving like emotionally nuanced performance other than better than maybe like Rocky uh, as he did in Copland where he played very meek yeah kind of it was different person it was very different for him but anyway let's get back on track here uh, so they call Dick Dick's uh, pretty much uh, he just says no he just says we're gonna we're going to see Dick's they hop in the car they drive away um, there's uh, the Clarence and Bama. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna call her Bama. I call her Bama, yeah. yeah. Clarence he says and, it to her a couple he says, times. Yeah. Clarence and Bama, they're at like this like little roadside stop. They're yeah. talking Chantilly to Lace with yeah. a pretty face. They're talking to Dick <laughs> on the phone and they're you know, it just like, Hey, did you get the mail? Did yeah. you get the mail? Because they had written him a letter saying, like, Hey, we need you to line up a buyer for all this cocaine because they right. want to get rid of it. Um and then they just have phone booth sex. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Um this right before they left, uh, I guess <clears throat> there was a like a it was trying to show a passage of time between Michael Rappaport's audition, and in that scene, he's with Conchata Farrell, that woman. Oh, yeah, acting you might, scene. I forgot you might that. remember her from, she was in Two and a Half Men. She's sort of the, the heavy set woman in well, that two, show. Two and a Half Men, she's the, isn't she like the maid? Yeah, something like the that. The housekeeper? Yeah, she was thing. in a lot of different little you know supporting roles, mm-hmm. tiny little roles here and there, always like speaking roles, but she really made it uh, as a television star after after this. Um, so Clarence, or Clifford rather, says Drexel's murder uh, hasn't raised any red flags. Clarence and Bama leave town. Clarence leaves his dad. Uh, the information, the information where he's reach, going. Yeah, here's the phone number, the phone number and address, and he pins it to his uh, refrigerator. Um, when Clarence is calling Dick Ritchie from the uh, phone booth, Dick is sitting in front of a um, poster for a movie called My Blood Runs Cold, which I think came out in 1965. Nice. And it's—I don't know if there was any significant uh, connections between it and this one. Other than the fact that I just that this that movie, My Blood Runs Cold, is about a disturbed young man meets a girl he believes to be a long dead ancestor, and I don't know if there's any connections between the plot of that movie or this one. Could just be something they threw up. There could be, there could be something in there, or, or it could just be that because the, there's movie posters all over Dick's house because he's an actor, and I don't it, know if it's, it's just Tony Scott or Tarantino's. Uh, yeah, we, they, they have like the acting scene where you were talking about that lady. Yeah. Uh, Dick is like a act, he's trying to be an actor. He uh-huh. does a little scene. It's for uh, they're redoing TJ Hooker. You know, it's yeah. just just a little fun thing. It's yeah. nothing really important. Just to say that he's an he's, actor. He's really more of like a comic re- relief, but he's sort of like the way that Clarence and Bama get the. Uh, it, it connects them to how they... It's a plot device. Yeah, there it, it is. Forward. Yeah. Uh, anyway, here we come to a big scene. We've come to a big scene, another big actor. I had the clip for that. Um, uh, Clifford, Clarence's dad, walks into his house. He gets punched in the face. With, there's a gun to his head, then he gets knocked out, and you'll kind of hear it in this clip, and here we go. Frankie, 
Tell Luca to go outside and do you know what. Vai fuori, tu sai che da fare. Sì, fra. Punta cagare. Do you know who I am, Mr. Wally? I give up. Who are you? The Antichrist. You got me in a vendetta kind of mood. You tell the angels in heaven you never seen evil so singularly personified as you did in the face of the man who killed you. My name is Vincent Cocotti. I work as counsel for Mr. Blue Lou Boyle, the man your son stole from. I hear you were once a cop, so I can assume you've heard of us before. Am I correct? I've heard of Blue Lou Boyle. I'm glad. Hopefully, that will clear up the handful of shit on my questions. So I did kind of a short clip on that because it's a very long scene. Yeah. Um, this scene probably lasts about 15 minutes. Was it? Uh, maybe it just felt that way. Yeah, it's, it's really just a back and forth between the two of them. Yeah, between Hopper and Walken. Um, it's a great scene. So it's, even if you don't watch this whole movie, just watch that scene. Yeah, it's a watch great, this great clip. fucking scene. It's an iconic scene. I think that really, like, uh, you know, defines this movie mm. or at least the tone of it. Because this is where shit really gets, you know, goes south. <clears throat> and I know uh, I've watched this movie a number of times, and I remember turning my friend Beryl, uh, putting him onto this movie, and uh, Beryl, who was on our Turbo Kid episode, and uh, he and I would endlessly quote this scene among many others from the movie, but this is the one that particularly like he liked the most because you know it's hard not to enjoy Christopher Walken performing in anything, but he has a lot of great lines in this, especially when they get to the. Uh, uh, the Sicilian story, yeah, <laughs> which but, I won't repeat here because yeah, there's a no, lot of it's, uh, it's a, a lot of a lot of language <clears throat> in it. Um, yeah, but after you're done, because I I have seen clips of the scene before, and of course uh, every time I hear the scene, all I can think of is, <laughs> oh my god, how <laughs> <laughs> to play the real thing. But it's true, it's a it's yeah. a phenomenal scene. At the very end, um, pretty much Dustin Hoffman's character. Dustin Hop Hopper, not Hop Dennis. Dennis, I can't speak. Today. Dennis Hopper, it's okay, man. That's why my name is Josh, and I have not had enough coffee. <laughs> and do we need more? No, I'm okay yeah. for right now. Maybe All we'll right, pause it a little bit. Getting hopped up here. Um, yeah, Dennis Hopper's character, he bites the dust. He gets shot in the head. Yeah, because he uh, he insults. He basically insults. He knows yeah. he's gonna die. Yeah, and he just insults him. He won't tell them where his kid is. Right. Um, wouldn't do it after he shoots him. The minute. <clears throat> Dennis Hopper dies, like one of the henchmen in the back's like, like hey, hey boss, boss, look, yeah. <laughs> Get ready to be happy. Yeah, and there, he sees the the note written down saying they're going to Hollywood, the address and all that stuff. Um, mm. In this scene, too, there are only two... Uh, here, hang on, I got it right here. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the walk-in hopper scene only had two improvised words, uh, and that was eggplant and cantaloupe. Yeah. Um, because after he tells uh, walk-in the scene of why Sicilians are the way they are, <laughs> really trying to get under their skin, uh, he goes, you... Your pot, eggplant. Yeah, and, and then like, walking, you're, you're a cantaloupe. And you're they a all cantaloupe. Start laughing, <laughs> and, and then he just, uh, yeah, and, and then, then he, he, and then he buys the farm. <clears throat> so uh, we cut to. I'm going to where I am. Oh yeah, we meet um, uh, Clarence and Bama. They show up at Dick's, and yep. we meet another famous person. I have a really. Cl- like, I have a clip of him, but it's a later clip. Probably so. one of the most famous people in this movie for having such a minor, minor role. Very minor. Especially at the time. Wasn't he like pretty pretty well on the up and up? In 93, I don't think he did Legends of Fall yet or anything like that. That wasn't, that I was. I think that was 95. Wasn't it? Okay. One of my um, favorites. But I mean, he was still in Thelma and Louise and all that. Yes. Yeah. It's Brad Pitt. Yeah. It's he Brad was in Pitt. Cool World already. He was already, he was already oh, on that stuff. Oh, great one. Let me write that one down. Yeah. Um. So uh, Brad Pitt's kind of like the 
Dick's. Uh, his name is Floyd. Yeah, he's another Floyd. He's this. Uh, he's just a stoner. couch potato stoner. Yeah. There's a scene later in the movie where he's wearing that Rasta hat. Yeah. He actually found that on a boardwalk in Venice Beach and just kept it, washed it, and wore it in the movie. It'd be funny if he didn't wash it. <laughs> just to stay in character. Um. Yeah. We meet all that stuff. Uh. Brad Pitt, and then um, it, you see Dick kind of looking at the uh. The case, you know, he opens it up. He sees all the cocaine. He's like, "That's a lot of cocaine." He's, he's like, like, "Holy shit, Clarence!" Yeah, and Clarence is, you know, and Clarence is like, "Well, you're an actor. You should be able to." He's like, "I'm an actor. I'm not, you know, I'm not Joe Cocaine." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm not Joe fucking Hollywood. I can't. He's like, you know what? You know why people like that have coke, uh, coke like this? Because they like they have the money for it or whatever. And it's like, well, guys you, like that. Uh, you don't know guys like that. More importantly, they don't know, know you. you. Yeah. <laughs> so the he does have a guy he knows named Elliot uh, Blitzer. The character and Elliot Blitzer is was it Blitzer? Blitzer, yeah. Okay, I wrote it down. I don't, I, I, uh, Elliot Blitzer, and uh, this is an actor you would recognize. He's a great character actor. Yeah. Um, if you remember, um, Beverly Perfect Hills, Strangers, Perfect Strangers, Belly Hills Cop. Yeah, that's um, right. He uh, plays Sarles. 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 I have a, a new line yeah. of weapons. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's three. Number three. Would yeah. you like a cappuccino with a little line twist? Yeah. Um, that uh, Bronson Pinchot. Bronson Pinchot, and it's funny because uh, I was a magician for a long time, uh -huh. and there's a thing called World's Greatest Magic, and it, yeah. was, it was shot in Monaco, and he okay. was he was the host of it. Oh no shit! So he was always doing all these crazy characters, and he's was he always fun. like sort of like Serge or like yeah, bulky, kinda. But he would just you know he would just have fun. He's a character actor. He does a lot of crazy different voices, and uh, I'm gonna they they all meet at a. It looks like Knott's Berry Farm. Did you get the trivia on that at I, all? I got a little bit about that's these scenes, but I didn't get you know, into like location. It's, it's stuff. a roller coaster place in LA. Yeah. So I was thinking it's Knott's Berry Farm. If it's the only one, uh, maybe it's. Uh, well, it was before like there is places an, like there is another place um, that Beverly Hills Cop Three was filmed in, but I don't remember them having crazy roller coasters. I thought that was at Universal. No, it's a it's well, an actual different. It's a different theme park. I looked it up once. But the the in Beverly Hills Cop in the scene when they're the in third the third one, I'm talking the about the third, third one. one yeah, yeah, when they're in that attraction and that Battlestar Galactic Centurion is there and all the water. That's Universal. Rushing. No, but the outside shots. Oh, the outside I see. Shot. Because that was earthquake. Yeah, disaster. Yeah, earthquake or disaster then, well, or whatever. It became disaster later on, and oh, now okay. it's the Fast and the Furious ride, which is the one. It, the one here. Yeah, the one here in Florida, dude. It's so bad. I really, wrote it, is it's it horrible? I, they should have just kept disaster. You know, you know what else? Christopher is bad? Walken was in disaster. You know what else is bad? Uh, considering if we're talking about new attractions yeah, at, yeah, yeah. Uh, at Universal, um, the Mummy roller coaster is still great. Where where Kong Foundation yeah, used, used to be. be. I wish they'd bring um, that back. Kong was so that fun. That was great. Um, so uh, the Mummy ride is still good, and then they got that new Kong uh, King of the Island. I, the or whatever one on the Islands of Adventure. I no, no, it's in studios. They have. It's they, where they have one on Islands of Adventure. The one where you ride through. It's at. That's I, not IOA, bro. Dude, I'm telling you. It's I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man. It's okay, studios. It's got to be at it's IOA. It's at studios. It's because it's down the way from the Rip Ride Rocket or whatever the fuck it's called. Anyway, you go into yeah. it. Well, what 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 I thought was weird is they were promoting it around the time Kong Skull Island was yeah. coming out. But when you ride the ride, it's it it's connected to the 2005 Peter Jackson King Kong. That's weird. Yeah, really fucking weird. You, you go in there and you know, it's like, why would you make a ride for a movie that came out? <sighs> 12 years before this ride was, was imagined or thought up or constructed, you know, because that movie wasn't exactly monumental. Islands of Adventure. It is? Yeah. Motherfucker. Because it's, it's over. It's kind of close to um, Jurassic Park area. Okay. Whatever the fuck ever. <laughs> Let's continue. It's bad. On anyway. No, no, no. Hang on. I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, man. Um, yeah. I, okay. I, di I didn't understand. Okay. I guess I am done. <laughs> 
Um, they, yeah, they, they needed a like a theme park to ride a roller coaster. They ride a roller coaster afterward. Um, the the Elliot uh, Blitzer character is uh, talking to his kind of his connect to buy this um, <clears throat> right this the massive amount of products. It's a big producer, and his name is Lee Donowitz, and that is played by that is Saul Rubinek. Now, there's a couple different connections and things I want to talk about here. Uh, do you want me to play the clip first, or do you want to talk? Oh about yeah, first? clip okay. first, and there's then, a, and then the, I'll jump in. Here's a little clip of uh, of uh, Elliot Blitzer talking to Lee on the phone, and then Clarence kind of takes over, and they're kind of in code talking about. Uh, Buying cocaine. Hello, Lee. It's Clarence. Last we speak. Now, first of all, Lee, I want to tell you I'm a really big fan of yours. That's why I want to open Dr. Zivago in LA and I need you and your abilities to distribute. Uh, Clarence. Uh, I don't know. Clarence, Dr. is a pretty big movie, you know? Biggest, biggest movie we've ever dealt with lately. I mean, we're talking a lot of film here. A man would have to be an idiot not to be a little bit cautious about a movie like that. And Lee, you are no idiot. No, 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 no. I'm not saying I'm not interested, Clarence. It's just that being a distributor is not what I'm all about. I'm a movie producer, you know? I am on this earth to make good movies. Nothing more and nothing less. Well, maybe less sometimes. Hey! Choose a fucking lane! No, not you. Just some idiot. Don't give me the finger! I'll fucking have you killed! Bottom line is, I am not paramount. You know what I'm saying? I got to select few distributors I deal with. I buy their little movies, and I accomplish what I want to accomplish, and I get the fuck out of there. Very businesslike and very easy, and very little risk, Clarence. Lee, we're talking Dr. Shabako here. This will be packing them in for a year and a half. So they're using code <clears throat> Dr. Zhivago because it was such a big movie. He has a big, massive load of cocaine, yeah. and, you know, so they're so just that, taking code pretty That's much. definitely uh, a reference to another movie from 1965, Dr. Zhivago, which is based on the Boris Pasternak novel of the same name, which was a massive movie uh, back in the day, three hours, 17 minutes. That movie is, and it's about the life of a, a Russian physician and poet who, although married to another, falls in love with a political activist's wife, uh, and it's it's a it's a big uh, code word for a massive amount of cocaine. Um, a couple of different things uh, uh, I want to touch on that that the scene led me to. Um, Bronson Pinchot in this scene exhibits signs of motion sickness, but in reality, um, it's actually Michael Rappaport who had an acute motion sickness um, when they were filming this. And and when they were filming it, they didn't nobody knew about that until the day of the shoot. <clears throat> so in some scenes, if you pay attention. He's you can like, see where in the background uh, he'll he'll have a, a nauseated look on his face. Yeah, because they they ride they ride a roller coaster like before <clears throat> yeah. before this phone call. So it, like yeah. afterward, uh, uh, Elliot Blitzer has just been yeah. puking in a bucket like yeah. the entire time. And he says some shit to him like, "Do I look like a big beautiful blonde with big tits and an ass that tastes like French vanilla ice cream?" Yeah, and he's like, "No, nah, why are you trying to fuck me? Are you trying to fuck me?" <laughs> um, and so Michael Rappaport was actually the one with the motion sickness, and you can see like his face change. Uh, oh, I <laughs> between bet. that would scenes. be me. I hate roller coasters. Yeah, you I said can't. that too, and that's yeah. a real bummer because I fucking love. Well, if we uh, ever go somewhere, coasters. my wife loves roller coasters. I just can't. Um, can't there was another point here I wanted to make. Oh, okay. So th this film uh, also ties into uh, other movies in the Tarantino verse, if you will. Uh, the character of Lee Donowitz is the uh, this the man who was just speaking uh, on the other end, talking to Clarence is uh, Saul Rubinek, and he's this character, Lee Donowitz, is the grandson of Sergeant Donnie Donowitz from Inglorious Bastards, who was played by uh, Eli Roth, the bear Jew. Um, and there is a second connection to this as well. Mr. White, Harvey Keitel, from Reservoir Dogs, mentions in the movie having worked with a girl named Alabama. 
So those are a couple connections there. Um, and I think that's pretty much everything I had for that. Yeah, Saul Rubinick. I mean, he's been in a bunch of things. Oh. I, I remember him. I mean, he's been in a bunch of movies, but really, like, Warehouse 13 <clears throat> was a big TV show that I watched on sci-fi. Right. And if you ever watched Frasier, he was uh, Daphne's fiance for the longest time. Um, where she yeah. leaves him for, well, I don't want to oh. ruin the show if you've never seen it. But. Well, I mean, it's all right. Uh, yeah. Part of the reason, like, uh, Tony Scott or Tarantino made this role or gave the role to Saul Rubinek is because uh, um, uh, Scott, man, I'm sorry, I'm starting and stopping a lot. I'm sorry. Saul had worked, it's the coffee. Um, Tony Scott had worked with Joel Silver, the producer, on uh, The Last Boy Scout right before this movie and hated working on that movie with him so much that this portrayal by Saul is sort of like a, an affectionate satire of Joel Silver, who is known for being very boisterous and, and verbose. And I believe he was also the producer on the Matrix movies as well. That's where I first like learned his name. Anyway, so that's really all I have for all of those little little elements. <clears throat> uh, after they they give the phone back to Elliot Blitzer, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Hey, you know, um, bring the whole cast. Um, I'd like a sample of mm-hmm. the movie." Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. 3 p.m., the Ambassador Hotel. Um, and then it cuts to, uh, there's a, one of the henchmen for the Mafia yeah. is a great actor by the name of James, James Gandolfini. Gandolfini. He, right. unfortunately, has passed away as well. Heart attack, right? Yeah. yeah. Sad. Poor guy. Um, I have I do have a little clip of this. Uh, this is the interaction between J- uh, Brad Pitt, who's pretty much just sitting on the couch watching TV, smoking some pot, and James Gandolfini, <laughs> uh, because, they, of course, they found the, the house. Right. So they're looking for... Um, Clarence yeah. and the Coke and everybody. So here it's it's Hi. How you doing? Uh pretty good. You dick? No. Dick no, he's not here right now. You live here? Yes, I do. He's sort of uh roommates? Exactly roommates. Yeah, well maybe you can help me. I'm looking for a friend sure. of mine. Clarence Worley from Detroit? Traveling with a real pretty girl named Alabama. Uh, yeah, man, I know him. They've been by here. You seen them? Mm-hmm. They stay in here? No, they're staying at the Safari Motor Motel Inn. Safari Motel. Safari Motel? Yeah. How do you know that? I mean, have you been over there? No. Well, they were here, and they said that they were going to go there. Then they went. Yeah? Yeah, Safari, Safari Motel. Safari Motel. Uh-huh. Hey, you want to watch some TV or something? They might be back here. No, no, thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right, you take care. I might be back. Yeah, man. Okay, be cool. Condensing me, man. I'm fucking kill you, man. So you <clears> kind of <throat> get a little voice of uh, James Gadolfini and then Brad Pitt yeah. at the end. You're like, don't condescend to me, oh, man. I hear that, um, um, or I didn't hear. I'm sorry. I read that uh, Pitt improvised nearly all of his lines. Oh, really? Yeah. He was just sitting. Wonder there. if he was really stoned. That'd be funny. Uh, I'd like to think that they, Some of them they were, yeah. but I guess there's uh, on movie sets are so like you know monitored for. Oh, they, shit I think like we've that. talked about this on one of the other ones. Uh, it's always like a combination boy, of like dude. oregano and like some other kind of like burnable substance that won't hurt you. I but feel it's like they should. Like I feel like shit. it's legal there now. Maybe they should. They're able to do it on the set. Who knows? I like know. I, the sign. I have no idea. Um, and then we uh, they realize it's there. Um, 
uh, <coughs> I can speak. Alabama goes back to their hotel, which yeah. is the Safari Motor Inn. Um, when she walks into her room, I think it's just the Safari Inn. It's the just Safari. Brad Pitt was so fucking yeah. stoned. It's, to a, it's the Safari Motel, is what it's called. It's the Safari Inn. Oh, it's just the Safari Inn. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, Gand- uh, Gandolfini. Uh, we don't really get his character's name. Uh, uh, I do you think, have it? I, I don't think, think it's not really important. I don't know if it's. Yeah, I don't know if it's that important. Uh, he's waiting in the hotel room. Uh, Bama walks in, and uh, she just kind of tries to pretend that she's not herself. No, he's his like, so, character doesn't have a name. Yeah, he's like, where's Clarence? And she's where's like, our Coke? where's our Coke? I don't back. know what you're talking about. I'm blah, 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 and my husband's a football player. He'll be back soon. He's oh, got, his name's Virgil. Virgil, yeah. all right. He's got a sawed-off shotgun with him, and he's just kind of smiling in that Gandolfini way, and he stands up, and I have a very little clip, a very little clip of this. Okay, and, cool. And uh, here it is. Give me a hand. You are unbelievably cute. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Let me see those eyes. What a face. Mm. Do me a favor. Turn around for me. Okay. No, you know, no, go the other way. Okay. Yeah, and he just, he starts Beating the shit out of her, pretty much. This, this is, is a great scene. What, my what, favorite. What I do love is in the background, you hear that, will, will you still love me tomorrow? And yeah. I think it kind of fits the scene because she's, it looks like, you know, basically she's probably going to get murdered, um, is what you're thinking. But, yeah. you know, she, the, do you want to talk about the scene a little bit? I would grab some water while you do to, that. Yeah, yeah that go, would be go. great. Uh, so, Will You Love Me Tomorrow was uh, performed by the Shirelles, um, which was a good, good pick uh, or a good, uh, you know, eagle-eyed or eagle-eared <laughs> uh, uh, pickup from you. Okay, so this movie, or not this movie, but this scene is fantastic. Um, I read it. I read that it took five days to shoot it, and it's essentially James Gandolfini beating the ever-living shit out of Patricia Arquette, and she's just not just taking any shit. She's taking a beating, but she's throwing up middle fingers and saying, fuck you. And, yeah, and she's, not, she's not telling him anything. No. And the whole time she's taking this beating, not giving up any info, and he's like, "Son of a bitch, you you put it under the bed? Did you really put all the coke yeah, under she, the bed?" Yeah, she, he, she at one point uh, doesn't. Yeah, she. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because she's laying on her back, and yeah. then he's sitting down, and he just sees the suitcase, and yeah. he's like, "He's like, my stupid ass didn't look under the yeah, bed I when I got here." I can't believe I didn't look. Yeah, and and he's he's sort of telling her, uh, talking about what it's like to kill someone. He's like, "Your first first time you first kill one someone, is different. you know, yeah, it's, yeah." It's weird. And he does some old references, like you know, remember that guy in Houston on the tower in, in Texas. State. Yeah, he's talking about Kent State. Yeah, and, and he's like, I, "I I bet you that that first unlucky bastard he took a beat on was a bitch of the bunch." And I was trying to do my Gandolfini <laughs> voice there. Um, and so when he goes for the coke, she rolls over and like kind of she grabs a surreptitiously. A, yeah, it's a, it's grabs a, a corkscrew. It's a, a Swiss Army knife yeah. corkscrew. Which if anyone's ever tried to open a bottle of wine with a Swiss Army knife, yeah, it is a tricky and elusive task. Yes, it is. <laughs> Wasn't that Robin Williams? Robin Williams. Yeah. You, many of you men have never opened <laughs> Chardonnay on the fire. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, put it, put it, it smell and throw. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I remember thinking, like, why the hell? Why do they have? Why is it already open? But there's a cork on it because it's their honeymoon and they probably had champagne. They were, yeah, I think it shows them opening it at one point. Oh, you're right. They're I laying think, in bed at the beginning. I think you're right. Yeah, nice little details yeah. in there. So he he sees that she is uh, like putting up a fight. She's broken and bloody. 
Her face is all fucked up. Her she, eye is swollen she's, shut. She's holding the, uh, she's the holding corkscrew, corkscrew with like out. two hands. Yeah. And he's like, you he's know like, what? You know, you got a lot of heart. I'm going to give you a free, free one. So, so he like, opens up his chest and she stabs the thing right through his fucking right shoe. his goddamn His foot. leather shoe. <laughs> he screams. Uh, he falls down. She picks up an Elvis statue. Uh-huh. Hits him over the head. Yeah. They fight more. They go. She, uh, he throws her into the bathroom at one point through the glass through the shower. goddamn glass. Yeah. Uh, it, he's she's Bob. like Ooh, excuse me she's like you look like shit and he looks in the mirror he's, she says you look ridiculous yeah. <laughs> he looks in the mirror he realizes he cut his head she grabs like some kind of perfume or maybe like shampoo or something and rubs yeah. it on his wound on his head he freaks out yeah she, it's like cologne it's what I thought or, or it was aftershave like, yeah it was probably aftershave. aftershave she slaps on his head and that's gonna burn like a bitch then she like hits she, him with she some picks up Aquanet the, or something. Yeah, no, no. She she picks up the uh, hairspray. No, she hits him over the head. Oh, yeah. She picks up the top to a toilet. Yeah. hits him with smashes that. Smashes him. This scene is crazy. It's a cool choreograph. It's like, fucking awesome. I don't know if. Yeah, I guess choreograph yeah. is the correct word for that. Uh, there's choreography. There you go. Right. There's a okay. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Um, I got there's something about this I really want to talk about. You want me to just continue uh, with the burning and then you'll jump in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah go ahead. So uh, he gets up, he pulls out the gun, she grabs some Aquanet and a lighter, catches the dick on fire, mm-hmm. just burning. Then she grabs the gun, or she grabs the shotgun that was on the um, the chair yeah, yeah. and just starts. I mean, she, he, he set it down. Yeah, he set it down. Didn't she didn't think pick, that this little girl would be a problem for she him. She picks it up, she blasts him like four, four times, times and then starts beating him with the butt of the gun. She loses her shit, and it's probably my favorite shot of the whole movie. She's like, like animalistic, like, just ah! It's kind of okay. In the shaking, when, when you're uh, when you're meeting Elliot Blitzer, it gives me goosebumps even thinking about it. Elliot right Blitzer now. and Clarence when they're at the theme park. Yeah, you know he's like, "Do you want an animal cracker?" And he's like, "No, no, no, save the gorilla ones because she likes the gorilla ones." Oh yeah, and then she goes all gorilla styled oh. out in the fucking uh, like she's like good catch. Hit the thing. Oh, oh, I gotta, I gotta get it up. I don't have a kid up. <laughs> oh my god. There it oh is. my god. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Um, uh, Tony Scott had spent a year searching for the right actress to play Alabama Whitman, who is now Alabama Worley. And I think this is easily my favorite role of Patricia Arquette's. I think her, I think Rosanna Arquette was in Pulp Fiction. Are they related? I don't. Are they related? Is she related to David Arquette also? Uh, Rosanna Arquette is. I don't know. We'll have to we'll look, have it up. To look yeah, all we'll that up anyway. Um, it's an Arquette that could just be like the Baldwin's type of deal. Yeah. And uh, okay, there's something specific about this scene that I was trying to find here. Uh, Okay, James Gandolfini, actually, during his stay at a squalid hotel without a phone, James Gandolfini rarely used the shower. After he noticed Christopher Walken declined earplugs for the scene where Dennis Hopper gets shot, Gandolfini did the same, and he couldn't hear for three days. Oh, damn. Uh, And during the bloody motel room fight, here we go, between Alabama and Virgil, Alabama smashes a porcelain bust of Elvis over his head. In real life, Arquette later married Nicolas Cage, was a huge Elvis fan, and then Cage later left her for Presley's daughter, Lisa Marie Presley. Yeah, they were made for a hot second. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I always always thought that was kind of a um, an interesting. Did Michael Jackson connection. marry her? Yes. yes, yeah, I think you're right. Do they have a kid or something together? Uh, I don't know. As she's gorilla gorilla the fuck out on top Yo, of James Gandolfini, Clarence comes home, the best. sees her, grabs her, grabs the 
Coke, and <clears throat> they they jip. Like they, they fucking get, get the fuck out of Dodge. Uh, they kind of go by like a municipal airport. They're like sitting on like a couch or something. She's just he's cleaning yeah. her up. It's just kind of like a little junkyard. Actually, the name Alabama for her character comes from a Pam Gre- Pam Greer character from like a seventies movie, and that's just Tarantino. You can see Tarantino's like oh his influence. He wrote it. I mean, fingerprints all, all over this, of course. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, and and while she's getting her ass beaten, he's going out to get chili. To d- Steve's double chili cheeseburgers. Yeah, it's just kind of fun. <laughs> There's even a scene, like, remember the scene near the beginning of the movie? He's like, that's oh, the fucking best burger I ever had. Sort of kind of mirrors the scene in Pulp Fiction where Sam Jackson's like, that is a good burger. Yeah, as, as so he's. So who knows? A, it could have been a big kahuna burger. That it could eating. be a big kahuna burger. They're, uh, as he's cleaning up her wounds, you realize, you know, they're talking about where would you want to disappear to. She yeah. says Cancun because it sounds like a movie. Yeah. Uh, Clarence in Alabama, Go Skate to Cancun, to Cancun yeah. or something like that. <laughs> Um, Did you know, actually, at the end of the movie, Tony Scott gave Patricia Arquette the purple caddy as a gift. Really? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's oh, yeah, because nice Clarence car. drives a purple Cadillac. With the leopard spots all yeah. over it. And it's she's a, wearing pink leopard spots, it's too. It's a very pimp out car. Yeah, and he's wearing, like, an Acapulco shirt with the uh, The Elvis, Elvis glasses, shades, the 70s which Elvis shades. appeared again later in Kill Bill Volume 1. Oh, she, was it? She wore them from, she took them from Buck's truck, I think. Oh, okay. Or, yeah. or from his body. And then, yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of Elvis connections. Um, at, during this scene, we 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 have this thing where uh, Elliot Blitzer is driving <laughs> uh, his, Lee's Porsche actually, and uh, he's with a, a girl, and he's going really fast. He's getting roadhead, and he's going so yeah. fast he, he gets pulled over by a police officer. And has the police officer, and the top's down on the Porsche. Yeah, he's he has a he, he has the sample bag, I think, of the Coke. Yeah, and he's he's like trying to hand it to the girl. He's like, like, put it in your bra. Put it in your bra. Put it in your pants. Do something. She's like, no, no, no. no I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna get in trouble. And then she like kind of hits the bag, and it blows up all, all over, over his, his face. face. Yeah, and the cop's just like smiling. He's like, how are you? And he gets arrested. Now well, her name was Candy, right? Yeah, I Maria so. Patillo. She looks really familiar. Yeah, I couldn't put my finger on it either, but her name is Maria Patillo, and she was also in. Godzilla, ninety eight, okay. and and Chaplin. She played Mary Pickford. She did, but that's where I would recognize ah, her from. Yeah. Look at you, damn. And she should've, was in Natural Born Killers, which that's I will come movie. to a yeah, I will come to a point about Natural Born Killers because this movie and it were almost connected. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, we we see Elliot Blazer being interviewed by uh, <clears throat> some police officers. One of them you'll actually know. It's Tom Sizemore and mm-hmm. Chris Penn, known as Nikki and Cody, uh, or Cody and Nikki respectively. Actually, this scene where uh, Bronson, Tom, and Chris are in all three. I, sh- I should have got a clip of that because they're like, you you like being fucked <clears throat> in the ass? Because yeah. you're going to be fucking people in the ass. Yeah. And, and next time you sleep with a woman, you're not going to want to go in there. You're going to want to be fucking in the ass. Yeah. yeah. They improvised that whole scene. Oh, really? All three of them. That was just all three of them just messing around. Uh, he And Tom Sizemore's a weird guy, let me tell you. Elliot kind of tells the story because uh, he it's a secondhand story that... Pretty much is a lie that how Clarence got the money was that Clarence had a friend who was a good police officer right. who just needed some money. Found this shit in, found an, this evidence shit in an evidence locker. Held on to it for a year and a half, and now he wants to sell it, which is you know just a lie. Right. Um, but that's what that's what um, Elliot tells the police officer. So they're like, you know what? We're going to wire your ass up, and you're going to do this deal. And we'll, you know, if you ever want to act again, we'll cut you a deal. Right. And I believe, oh yeah, uh, they're they're about to leave to go to the to the drop zone. Um, you hear that Dick gets a phone call. He got the job. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, this is the role. scene where uh, Brad Pitt's wearing the hat that he found yeah, on yeah. the boardwalk. Yeah. So Elliot gets his uh, or not Elliot? Excuse me. Dick gets the phone call that he got the part for T.J. Hooker, and then they all collectively leave to go to the hotel lobby 
to meet uh, Elliot, and thus, you know, moving the story forward for the I, big I have cocaine a little, deal. I have a little just fun clip of Elliot um, being wired. Um, <clears throat> oh, pin, I like this off. one, yeah. It's a fun clip. <laughs> so, you know, he's getting wired up in the hotel by the police, and uh, here it is. Yeah, say something. <sighs> just, okay. Hi. How are you? My name's Elliot, and I'm with the Cub Scouts of America. We're, <laughs> we're selling uncut cocaine to get to the Danbury. Just talk. I'm sorry. Regular Elliot, stop fucking around. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this. You get that shit? Remember, Elliot, we're going to be right down the hall monitoring you the whole time. Yeah, well, what happens if somebody does something that you can't hear, like pulls out a gun and puts it to my fucking eye? Elliot, Here. we've we, done this a thousand times. We know what we're doing, okay? We're the best at... Now, listen. No fucking around. Anything happens, we'll be in there like fucking gangbusters, okay? Now, you got to remember something. I love it. That sounded like real. Yeah, I, w- I want to say he because I mean he's such a great comedian, comedic <laughs> yeah. actor. Um, also, at one point, um, the gangsters show up to uh, ah, to Floyd and yes. uh, Dick's house, and Floyd smoking pot again, and it's all the gangsters. Yeah, and they're they holding. Sh- they just guns. walk in with shotguns. Yeah, he's, like, he's like, "Oh, what's going on?" <laughs> and they ask him, you know, wh- wh- where they went, and he kind of gives them directions. To yeah. he's like, <laughs> so you could down go down the road. One of them, like then, he, he says, "You guys want to smoke?" And then one of them racks a shotgun. He's like, he's oh, like, oh, okay, oh okay, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, it's down that way. He basically like the only thing Brad Pitt does is just tell them where Clarence yeah. and Bama are. He, uh, Brad Pitt, in in this scene specifically, he's he's ripping like bong rips out of a little uh, honey bear bottle. Uh, and a good portion of the music music budget went into obtaining the rights for Outshined by Soundgarden I was, just for this scene. I was going to do that scene, but the thing is, is that song is so prevalent yeah. in the background that you really can't hear what they're saying You can hear well. like the distinct opening riff. Yeah, bum, and you can hear bum, them singing bam, too. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want to use that one. Cause uh, it just... And man, it's another person we've lost too. Chris Cornell has gone. Yeah. Chris Penn is also uh, dead as well, who's, who's in this movie. Pretty sad. Uh, when Elliot's being wired up, you also see the gangsters in the hotel getting, uh, like, the, well before they're, they're in, before yeah, the before scene the where scene. Brad Pitt gives away the location. Yeah, they're it. getting all tooled getting up. All to, one of and what, this is where the other uh, taxi driver reference comes into because there's a there's yeah. one of the gangster guys is looking in the mirror and he's like, "You talking to me? And you I, talking to me? I didn't make this connection until we were watching it. That that is a very young Kevin Corrigan, uh, who was also one of the two uh, henchmen in Pineapple Express. Mm-hmm. Remember the two guys that you had Craig Robinson and then his, and the other, the white guy. Yeah. He's like, what you talking about discretion? I saw you pull a boy, uh, guy's jawbone off. I love Craig I Robinson. He's so funny. I it. The other guy, that's yeah. this is him as a very young, uh, man. Um, when they're, when they all arrive to the hotel, Elliot's already there. He's wired up and you can kind of see him getting ready for acting. He's like, he's like, you gotta do this. You gotta do this. What's your motivation? What's your motivation? <laughs> Not going to jail. That's Not my motivation. Not going to yeah. jail. So, uh, they all get into the elevator and Clarence stops the elevator and then fucking puts the gun to <laughs> Elliot's head. And he's like, fucking blah, 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 say the this. The cops are listening. They're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. He's, he's going to fucking he, shoot him. No, he's like, he's not, he's not going to shoot him. He's not going to shoot bluffing. him. He's bluffing. He's bluffing. Yeah. You're and an then, actor. And, Act, motherfucker. And then at one point, he's like, oh, fuck, he's going to shoot him. Yeah. And and Elliot's actually like yelling into the wire. He's like, please, please someone please just someone come save me. Come, come help save me. me. I don't want to be yeah. here. And then Clarence is like, I'm just messing with you, making sure you're cool. Yeah. Um. They all get up to the. They all get up to the... They get to the room. Yeah, they get to the room. Uh, Lee is there with two big-ass bodyguards. Yeah. Are they bodyguards or are they like the other they're, cocaine people? Are they just kind of... They, they're just his bodyguards. Okay. Because uh, I guess Lee Donowitz fancies himself a... Uh, a fancy big roller, especially when yeah. he's dealing with, I guess, that much kind okay, of cocaine. Okay, the one guy who... The big dude with the blonde hair... Um, yeah, he, you said he did a couple of things, right? 
Yeah, he was in a... Is this him? This is him. I think it's uh, Eric Allen Kramer. He was in... Uh, he played Little John in Robin Hood Men in Tights. That's why I recognized yeah. him. Oh, God, swim! Yeah. He was Bear We ain't getting no dough. We don't get no <clears throat> rose. Yeah. He was Bear in American Wedding, the, where he had the big dance-off with Stifler in the gay bar. I don't remember that movie very well. And he also played Thor in... Um, in the like TV made for TV movie from the Incredible Hulk series, the one with uh, uh, back in the seventies. Oh, with Bixby and them. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was he was Thor in in one version of that, which was great in Avengers. Yeah, now, now you say Robin Hood Men in Tights, it like yeah. it all comes together. You know, you can all see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, when in that scene in Avengers when he like punches Thor, I thought it was a nice little callback to the made for TV movie where Hulk and Thor like kind Fight, of team yeah. up. Oh, Daredevil team up. also appears in that movie. Does he? Did you know that? He's wearing like this really Dude, dark. I never really watched a lot of those. I remember the the Flash TV series. I used to watch the crap out of that, the old sci-fi one. That dude, that actor. He's actually in the new he's one. He's in the new one in, the like the, in like the Crisis on Infinite Earths thing. No, but he, he's he's the father of... Well, I thought he played Otherworld Flash from like... He might do this. Because they do in, a lot of crossovers. It might be him also. They but even, they even in the put, first episode, he's like, you know, my dad went to jail. And when he yeah. goes in, it's that's his dad. It's like the original oh, Flash dude. So I was okay. like, what the hell? That's cool. I never really finished the series. Um, I didn't either. They kind of, you know, they're checking out the, the the drugs and all that stuff. They're going back and forth. Um, <clears throat> at one point, uh, Clarence and Lee walk outside to discuss a little more. Like, come on, you know, where did you really get the drugs? He's like, I told yeah. you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he gives them the same old story. Same old story. And uh, it works. Yeah, Elliot's the kind of grabbing his crotch because that's where the wire is. And yeah. he can't really, he's trying to angle it so you can hear him outside. Bob. Uh, let's see here. I'm a little lost here. Oh, yeah, they do the deal. The cops bust in. Um, yeah. The body struck. The bodyguards are kind of having a little standoff. And and during this time, Clarence went to the bathroom to go take a piss. Right. And he's gotten, he's got Elvis in his head again. Yeah. And they're kind of chit chatting. You know, actually, in the credits, he's not named Elvis. He's just called Mentor. Oh, because they didn't want they didn't want litigation from the uh, that's true the Presley uh, the family Presley thing yeah um yeah they they do the cops bust in the they're like put your guns down and the fucking uh, bodyguards <laughs> are like fuck you they got like Uzis and shit <laughs> yeah they're they like, do no, fully like, automatic and they're like you know what I never told you this but I fucking hate cops yeah and then the gangsters bust in also yeah and so they like, have like this Mexican standoff situation yeah um yeah Clarence is taking a piss talking to Elvis um Elliot wants to leave he's like. He, he starts talking to the police officer, and he's like, uh, excuse me, Officer Dimes, Officer Dimes. Yeah. Officer Dimes. And he's like, uh, you got this under control. Can I leave? Yeah, I'm going to leave. Lee, like, shut up. Yeah, Lee's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, you, you rat bastard. You're never going to act here again. Yeah. And uh, pretty much he, he goes, he throws coffee on Elliot. Yeah, and, and that then, triggers and that the triggers shootout. the shootout. Everyone just fucking is getting hit left it's, and right. Yeah. Um, Everybody hits the deck. Obama goes down. And, well, Dick, Dick, Dick goes down. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're hiding. <clears throat> um, and then, Clarence comes out of the bathroom and gets hit by a, a stray bullet and it grazes his eye. left eye, right? Uh, Dick picks up the cocaine bag, throws it in the air yeah. as like a distraction. The The cocaine bag, the, the suitcase gets shot. Cocaine goes everywhere. Dick everywhere. escapes. Yeah, Dick, 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 Dick gets Dick the fuck out. out of there. Um, uh, Bama ends up, uh, she runs over to check on, on Clarence, Clarence <clears> and <throat> yeah. she ends up shooting one of the cops. Uh, yeah, well, because they're they're all kind of like killing each other. One of the other cops, well, well, Chris Tom Sizemore's character gets gunned down like right away. Yeah, and then the other uh, Wurlitzer character, I can't remember that guy's name. I think it's Beach or something. Um, he gets shot in the stomach. Gets right? shot in the stomach. Falls down. On he the dies. Couch, he dies. And then Chris Penn, the final actor or the final cop, uh, comes over and shoots the the big guy. 
And then Bama is just pissed off and shoots him because he was the last guy standing. Yeah, she's like, bang, bang. So nobody could, everyone who saw them wouldn't be able to tell any other cops or anybody who that they it were. was them. So everybody's wiped out who knew you anything think, about You think Clarence, Clarence is Bama. dead because yeah. Bama's crying. <clears throat> Clarence wakes right. up. They grab the cash, and they just kind of mosey on out of the hotel room. Yeah, they just, they. she huh. throws the sunglasses on him to cover his eye. They've got a hood up, and because of the fucking fracas that it caused yeah. within the hotel, the other mobster, one of them got out yeah. of the room and is holding a woman hostage, hostage in the yeah. lobby. I, need, I want a million dollars, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they just kind of walk right by. And boop, so they, boop, boop, boop. The, because of all that shit, they could waltz right out. They get in their Cadillac their and they caddy. drive off. And, uh, yeah, they drive off into the sunset heading towards Mexico, and then we have the very end of, of Alabama kind of bookending the movie like she does at the beginning, mm-hmm. and here it is. Amid the chaos of that day, when all I could hear was the thunder of gunshots and all I could smell was the violence in the air, I look back and am amazed that my thoughts were so clear and true, that three words went through my mind endlessly, repeating themselves like a broken record. You're so cool. You're so cool. You're so cool. And sometimes Clarence asked me what I would have done if he had died, if that bullet had been two inches more to the left. To this, I always smile, as if I'm not going to satisfy him with a response. But I always do. I tell him of how I would want to die, that the anguish and the want of death would fade like the stars at dawn, and that things would be much as they are now. Except maybe I wouldn't have named our son Elvis. And that closes down the movie. I mean, it's a it's it's a wonderful. Two, it's a two hour long movie. Yeah, and it's a it's a great movie. I really uh, I want to duck it real quick. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm giving this a solid four okay. ducks for me. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. I can't really say there was anything I didn't enjoy about it. I know that I gave five to Mario last week, uh, but I can't not give this one five. Do it, do it, give it five. Like I said, like it's hard for me to give something five. I think I've only fived one other movie, I think. This is such a well rounded movie. It's well written, it's well performed. The music is great. Great. Um, It's so it's fantastic, man. Um I give uh, it's definitely a uh, a fiver for me. Five ducks. Five Motherfucking ducks. You know, you uh, real quick, I, I I gotta I gotta do something real quick, so I, I gotta play this. Okay. Quack 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 quack. Hey everyone, I'm Fish. I'm Josh. We are Duck and the Usher, and we here at Duck and the Usher are sponsored by the Copper Fox Tattoo Company in Kissimmee, Florida. They're out on West 192, and you can also find them on their social media, Facebook and Instagram, at Copper Fox Tattoo Company. And if you'd like to become a sponsor of the show, go to duckandtheusher.com and click the support the show link, and that'll bring you to our Patreon site, where for just as low as a dollar, you can be part of our Facebook group, and as high as $25, be a sponsor of this show. Well, let's get back to the episode. Just had to play that real quick. Yeah. <clears throat> we recorded our commercials, so we got to make sure we pop in our sponsor Ooh, and all that. We sound jazz. real professional on that one, too. I know. Polished. Polished. Uh, so there is an endless amount of like little factoids and trivia uh, mm-hmm. connected to this movie. I tried to find the ones that pertain best to, you know, uh, you know what our, our show, and, and so we're not here all day just listing off shit. So 
you know, if you're a movie buff and you're listening to this show anyway, just go fucking look it up. Yeah, IMDb, um, man. It's got that little trivia thing. Dude, it, I, I know that a lot of times it's not incredibly, like, accurate. Sometimes there's a little repeating on there because it's, yeah. it's user submitted. I don't think anybody really double checks, but. Sometimes. Um, and other times, no. So there's a lot. There's a lot to uh, that one could look up. Um, so apparently, according to two different sources, I got two different um, things about this. Where uh, it says that Tarantino sold the script for $50,000, which was the minimum amount at the time, according to the uh, Writers Guild of America rules. Uh, another piece over here that claims from the DVD trivia special feature said he sold it for $10,000. Um, but regardless of the amount that he sold it for, apparently he used this money to purchase the red car that Vincent Vega drives around in, in Pulp Fiction. Oh, wow. I don't know how any how true any of that is, which is just what I've been reading. Um Earlier, I made uh, a point about this movie's connection to Natural Born Killers. Yeah. Um, and so that goes like this. Let me see if I can bring it back up. And it goes like this. And it goes like this. Okay. So the genesis of the film began as a 50-page script um, with by, Rod, um, by, blah, 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 by Roger Avery titled The Open Road. Uh, Avery described the plot as being about, quote, an odd couple relationship between an uptight businessman and an out-of-control hitchhiker who travel into a hellish Midwestern town together. Uh, when he had trouble finishing it, he asked his friend and fellow video archives clerk, Quentin Tarantino, um, to give it a shot. After several weeks, uh, Quentin handed him over 500 handwritten pages of what Avery described as the Bible of pop culture. Uh, Roger typed and edited the behemoth, working with Quentin on further story ideas. According to a Film Threat article from 1994, the final script has a combination of this movie and Natural Born Killers, which came out in 94. <clears throat> Reportedly, it uh, followed Quentin's original Natural Born Killers script until after the prison riot. After escaping, Mickey and Mallory decide to find and kill the screenwriter who wrote the glitzy Hollywood movie about their exploits. Uh, the writer goes on the run, and True Romance was the movie he writes while trying to evade the two psychotic killers. That's pretty neat. It was told in a trademark Tarantino chapter fashion out of chronological order, and when it became obvious that the miniseries-length script would never sell, they split the two stories into separate movies. I'd see that movie. I would, too. Well, I mean, you can. I mean, you it can. Kind of can, though. You yeah, can. Just <laughs> put them on TV right um, next to each other. But that movie is wild, whereas this one, I think, is a little more grounded in some semblance of reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, that one's that one's awfully wild. Uh, let's see. Uh, this got really great reviews. Yeah, it did. Roger Ebert loved it. Um, I mean, I couldn't find anything really bad about it. it, it There's nothing I hate about this movie no, at all. Not at all. Great I kinda soundtrack. Did my, oh, you know, uh, I I was reading something. Uh, I want to say congratulations to Walking Phoenix for winning Best Actor. Um, oh, true. Yeah. yeah. I just want to say that Parasite won Best Picture. Parasite won Best cool. Picture. The Oscars are on. I didn't really watch it live because I don't have cable. Um, I never really do. I'm a cable cutter kind of guy. I don't yeah, same. cut my cable a long time ago. But I was re just a little factoid. Did you know that um, actors cannot sell their Oscar? Oh, really? They're not allowed to because it's like when you get one, it's like in some kind of contractual obligation <clears throat> yeah. that uh, the 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 MPA, the Motion Picture Association, whatever, the, yeah. the Academy, yeah. um, will buy it from you for one dollar. And then and then they'll resell it for ten or something crazy like that. The yeah. Fuck? Like if you win one and like let's say you're broke and you want to sell your Oscar, you can't do it. Like it's 
Wow. I was reading something about it. It was kind of interesting, a little huh. factoid. I was like, oh, huh. I've always heard that they, the Oscar they hand you on stage is a prop that's really Yeah, it's used. not a real one. Yeah. They mail you the one that you win like afterwards or something. I don't I th- know I, either. I think, I think they're backstage, and then when you when you get off or something, uh, you are like, here, here's your actual yeah, one. Because then you go, because I know you go to a press room to, to, you know, they always have those press statements. Yeah. So... You got anything else to talk about? Uh, I think, I don't know, man. I'm just kind of like cycling through some shit here. I was trying to find something that like related to this that would give us a little more information. Yeah. But um, our I next, don't want to force it. Yeah, our, I mean, we're doing we're an hour oh, 30. Oh, I, I remember here. Yeah, go here we go. So there was a lot of uh, uh, times where uh, a character would be watching a movie mm-hmm. in this movie. Movie within a movie. Excuse me. The movie that appears on the television when Clarence and Alabama check into their motel room is Free Jack from 1992. And coincidentally, Floyd is watching the same movie when Virgil visits and there was a, another scene where another movie was, was featured in there, but I, I didn't get that either. Um, uh, let's see. <clears throat> what else do I hear? Okay. Tarantino actually, Oh, oh I'm sorry. Jack black was in a deleted scene as an usher oh, nice. <laughs> in the movie theater scene. So that's fun. Um, and Tarantino wrote Clarence in Alabama with Robert Carradine and Joan Cusack in mind. And drew Barrymore was actually the first choice for Alabama, but they ended up with Patricia Arquette, and I think she crushed it in this. Yeah, she did a great job. I don't think I can see anybody else in it. Um, our next movie, again, is <clears throat> Love Potion number nine. I don't see it. It's not free anywhere, so you want to rent it. I'm most likely going to buy the DVD. I don't know how much it is, right. but that's a movie I don't own, and I like that movie. Um, It'll be my first time seeing it, so I'm, I'm looking forward it's to it. It's a fun, lighthearted romantic comedy. Nothing, like, too super serious, but... You know, it's a good one. After that, we're doing a really, really great we one. We are. The, from, a uh, lot of podcasts have talked about this movie, yeah. but I enjoy it. I do, um, too. After that, we'll let you know what it is. I don't want to. You don't want to give it away too yeah, soon? Yeah, sure. Okay. okay. All right. So uh, you're listening to this on Saturday the 15th. On Saturday the 22nd, we'll be doing Love Potion number nine. Yeah. And then the very end of the month, our leap year. We actually could have done leap year. But that's right. Why? No. Oh, that's a bad movie. I don't want to do that. Um, our leap year movie for uh, and my niece's birthday. Uh, we are doing Starship Troopers. Yes. So. Um, yes, yes, yes. All you citizens out there. Uh, <laughs> who, yeah. Who directed that one? Uh, Paul Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven is sort of like a sort oh. of like a John Carpenter in a way. I, 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 I posted on the Duck and the Usher private group and yeah. the other one uh good news everybody rick moranis is out of retirement yay kind of weird that it, he's coming back for this movie but the, i guess they're doing kind of a sequel to honey i shrunk the kids okay um with josh gad as uh, uh, uh the little, nick Zelensky. i think it's wayne Zelensky. wayne wayne no wayne's the wayne's rick, wayne's rick. okay the, yeah the little <clears throat> kid whatever the nerdy kid was yeah, Dad, don't eat me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Interestingly he's enough. He's coming back. He's coming back for The guy so. who played the neighbor. And Joe Johnston's going to be directing it. Is he really? He's coming back. Oh, cool. Yeah, because Joe Johnston. Did, did he do the, the first one? He did the first one. No shit. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's at the helm. The neighbor in that movie was the tall dude, the dad, Matt Frewer. He is Max Headroom. Oh, is he? And he Max Headroom was created by the two directors of the last movie that we covered. <laughs> <laughs> Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon type of stuff. As some shit like that. Okay. Well, well that's all about. That's about all I got. I think that's all I got, too. So uh, all you quacks out there, go see a movie and, uh, you know, do what you do. Thanks for listening. Uh, We appreciate all of our patrons, our sponsors, and uh, and our listeners. Uh, So I've been Fish. I've been the Josh. And see you later, folks. Bye.